This is Late Afternoon Gaming doing yet another Adventures League style session. This week, Duncan takes a break from DMing so that I can lead the party of 20th level heroes on a quest to the Witch's Domain. Check out Downtime Double Feature for the backstory. Okay, you guys ready to start playing? We're going to have to introduce what we're doing first, but you guys ready to start? Yeah, yeah okay, I'll, I'll restart my recording. Please don't know. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah, makes go. it easier for you, right? All right. Like I said at the beginning of Table Talk, welcome back to Not Session 20 of Curse of Strahd in late afternoon gaming. So this will end up being downtime five, uh, which I don't actually number them when I publish them, but this will be downtime five, witch hunt part one. We're doing a Call of Duty thing here. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, Call of Duty 6 Modern Warfare 2. Uh, I probably have that wrong, but, you know, kind of like that. So I had this idea when we did Downtime Double Feature Part 1, which was the... Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> it was Farbo Farm. So that was the... That was my character, Claire Delarin, uh, Jack's character, Corvid, and Nerf's character, Emmerich Arvine. Those were our level 20 characters from a previous campaign that Duncan threw into one of his uh, Hillsfar Adventures League sessions, that which is actually meant for like level 1 or 2 characters or whatever. Um, if you haven't listened to Downtime Double Feature, you should, because it's great. And as of this recording, it's our most recent published episode, because I haven't edited last week's yet. But um, during that session, uh, the, the weird goings-on were attributed uh, to potential witch activity. Um, Claire uh, peered into another realm, uh, as did Corvid, I believe, at one point, and they saw uh, a witch or some witches cackling. Duncan claimed that that wasn't actually what was going on, and he made it up because it was more interesting than whatever the actual explanation was. But it inspired me to make it so. Uh, so what I wanted to do was run uh, a session or two about them actually going to the witch's domain uh, and seeing what uh, what trouble they can get up to. So I asked, uh, I requested humbly that I be allowed to DM uh, for the podcast for once because um, Duncan really hogs the DMing. Yeah, I get yeah, really weird about it. Yeah, he, he gets really upset when people suggest that they should do something. Uh, people volunteer him. constantly and I, I've been a, a fucking dick about it. Yeah, but he finally relented, uh, so thank you very much for that. Um, and he will be playing uh, as a character that he had made uh, for a previous campaign that we have talked about before. It's actually his really first D&D character. Um, first one I ever played for more than like a single session, yeah. Right. I so. guess I, I think it was my second second character ever. It was your second character... No, incorrect. It was your third character ever. So the entire history mm. of you playing D&D with me was I, uh, I like, introduced you one day to it, um, and you made a tiefling fighter character. Um, and that little mini-session didn't really go well, because I think I didn't do a, a good enough job of explaining, like, what you can and can't do. And things no, but like I, I mean, I kind of... I got the gist. It got me interested. Um... And I, I do think I'm maybe one of the only people in history to have their character get killed in a session zero. Right. Uh, so it was obviously not meant to be the lethal. It was. It was actually great. It was one of the best sessions I think I've ever DM'd. <laughs> um, 
so the way we had run that campaign, um, I had Duncan do a session zero with his character, a character named Ren Oust, who is, I believe, an elf monk. Who yes. he, had, he had rolled very well for stats. So, um, but I was running this campaign for Duncan and his friends. Um, and so I did a session zero with Duncan, and then I had everyone else individually over to do a session zero, but it, we did it with that person and Duncan. Um, well, during one of those uh, session zeros, his character died, which uh, the circumstance in short was he got run over by a cart uh, <laughs> and uh, and failed all his death saves. Uh, it was hilarious. It was amazing. Um, Duncan took the opportunity to say, well, you know what? I think I'll just make a new character because like, I get it and I've got some ideas for the other things I want to do. Well, what I told him was, hey, that's fine, but you need to roll new stats because, frankly, Ren's stats were too good. Uh, well, then he rolled, dutifully rolled stats again, but they were even better. <laughs> um, the likelihood of which was not good, but it did happen. And I rolled um, in front of you. This is no bullshit. He just had fucking great stats. It was amazing. So what my rule for stats was, was you got a free 17, you got a free 7, and then you did 46, drop the lowest for your other 4. Um... But for all, like all the other ones, he rolled like a fifteen and above, uh, and I might be exaggerating slightly, but it was really good. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that was the character that he played for that campaign. Got up to about I think level eight uh, by the time the campaign ended. Uh, but that now he's level twenty. Right. Uh, and luckily, I still had the character sheet. Uh, interestingly, I only had that character sheet. I didn't have anyone else's. Uh, well, you also stole my miniature, so I don't have that either. That's true. So I ordered. Uh, I custom designed the uh, uh, what was it Hero Forge I used Hero Forge to make custom minis for all my players and then I think like two of them took it home with them which was kind of the idea and then Duncan's just got lost in my gigantic pile of minis and then I, I found out years later oh I still have it uh, but anyway we're getting off topic so the this session will be or this session and almost certainly at least one more actually i i am certain it will definitely be at least one more because i have not prepared everything else yet um mm. uh will be witch hunt parts one two and perhaps more but probably just two Witch hunt part eight <laughs> which yeah which which means a lot more um no i i there's well we'll see i won't make any promises but i wanted to <laughs> i didn't i didn't want to over prepare the next part when I don't know precisely what you're going to do in this part um, because then I'd basically be writing like an entire campaign's worth of stuff and it's, it's just not worth it um, so I'd rather tailor it knowing where we end tonight but tonight we start back at Farbo Farms which is spelled with a P by the way I just want to throw that out there oh it is I spelled it F-A-R-B-O yeah that's not right alright well this is already going down the drain but and it's Farboff Farboff Oh, I thought it was Farbo. <laughs> I said no. I'm, I'm joking, but I think it's. I think it's. I want to say it was P H A R B O U G H, and so I'm. I'm saying Farbo, but then we kept talking about boffs. Oh, okay, I get um, it. Okay, and now I will back off and let you DM. Thank you. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um, well, and you're not going to have a lot to do for some of this, so feel free to <laughs> pipe in and tell me what I'm doing wrong. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm just happy to listen. Yeah, I'm, I, take it away. Okay, uh, Nerf and Jack, are you ready? Uh, yeah, I was born I am ready. loaded in to Foundry, and I'm good to go. Okay. Well, there's not going to be a lot to do in Foundry for a bit. There's this is mostly uh, no, theater I'm of the mind. Looking forward to all the maps. <laughs> all right, great. Uh, now, for a lot of this, I did do some uh, 
narrative bits that I'm going to read verbatim in the in the vein of the Adventures League stuff. Uh, but I got lazy near the end, and you'll see less of it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so. Oh, sorry. One, one question. Is there any, is there like a particular tone we're going for? Do you want us to be serious or funny, or is it just kind of a play it as it is? Uh, I, I don't really care. I'd like it to be somewhat serious, but I know that we're going to make jokes, so I don't really care that much. It doesn't really matter. Okay. Um, as we've discussed before, I know better than to try too hard because it just, I've, I've never been able to make it work. No, on the other hand, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sensitive to it, and if I'm, I'm happy to play it the way you kind of have optimized it. Sure. I mean, there's stuff in here that is clearly going to be a joke, so you'll, you'll know it when you see it. Okay. All right. Introduction. Hillsfar is in trouble. The rumors that brought you here did little to truly describe the magnitude of the issues at play. Despite the heroic destruction of the ominous stone at Farbo Farms, completed in part one of Downtime Double Feature, trouble appears to be afoot. Telltale signs of witchcraft and magical manipulation permeate the town surrounding the city-state of Hillsfar, and you have taken it upon yourselves to deal with the threat. After resting for the night following the events of the farm, your companion and dear friend, Claire de la Ren, announces that she is prepared to bring you with her to the place the vision took her, the witch's dimension. You eagerly, sorry, you eagerly wait as she focuses on her spell, attempting to locate the plane in which the witch resides. Suddenly, she cries out in shock. Shit. A tear in the fabric of reality opens before her, out from which explodes a gigantic hand, gray, putrid, and as big as a cart. Before you can react, the hand closes around your friend and drags her into the tear, which closes promptly behind her. You blink. The air is still, much like it had been only moments ago. In fact, there doesn't seem to be any evidence at all that anything strange has happened, except that Claire is now missing. The Hillsfar situation just got a lot more complicated. Uh-oh. Claire! <laughs> Hey, Corvid, have you tried the street chicken over here? It's really good. Oh, hey, where did Claire go? Hey, uh, she got sucked into a portal by a hand as big as a dog. <gasps> <laughs> that's yes. not good. Uh, that's, yeah, that's not fucking good at all. I don't really have any tools for this. I know you don't. <laughs> that's why I crafted <laughs> the adventure this way. Hmm. Well, guess that's that. And Corvid <laughs> leaves for his next adventure. <laughs> All right, that was witch hunt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my character no, has no uh, reason to be invested. Yeah, yeah. no, I want to get. What's my, buddy my motivation? <laughs> I want to get my buddy Claire back. I'm gonna look through my list to see if there's anything I can even do to get me started, but I think there probably isn't. Um, scrying only works if I'm if they're on the same plane. Arcane gate is also limited to the same plane. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm going to cast Detect Magic and just see if there's any lingering traces that can give me a clue. There aren't. There aren't. Well, can I make like an Arcana check? Like, I got nothing. Sure. Make an Arcana check. Okay. I got a 17. Yeah, the tear in reality was definitely something magical in nature. Okay. Um, Corvid scratches his head and says, I have no idea what to do. Uh, Duncan, this is I could actually use some of your assistance right now. Can you have B go. from uh, Farbo Farm come outside and tell them, oh my gosh, something weird magical happened. Maybe you should go to Hillsfar. There's a lot of magical, powerful people there that can help them. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what she sounded like. <laughs> she can't sound like this. Oh, she can't sound like this. Did you boys come out here to go dressing uh, your own chicken? Oh my oh my god. And, and she she's going to fall over. And uh, she, oh, oh, you're worried that she almost... Is she might fall over on one of the holstered infants? Um, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> her midsection. Uh, but uh, 
she she sticks her hand out quickly enough and it pops right back up. Oh, I, I, um, I, I've never sensed anything like this. It's uh, uh, um, You should go to Hillsborough and investigate. Bye. And she uh, runs back into the house and shuts the door. Perfect. Corbin, Corbin what do you think about going to Hillsborough? Corbin says, I think that it's our best shot to get our bestest bud, Claire Delorin, back. Let's go. Where, where's Hillsborough? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he steps it's into by the Cormenter sh- Forest. Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah it's by the Moon to a Shadow. I'll use my Gurkrow, superior. Flies on up, oh, and then okay. uh, identifies. Presumably, it's visible. And yeah, he, he he spies uh, down the road several miles of what appears to be a somewhat sprawling city. So he's gonna dive back down, land on Emmerich's shoulder, and then just start pointing his head in the direction of of Hillsfar and start uh, screeching. Uh, Emmerich just kind of looks around for a second and goes, this sucks. Usually I would mm. just grab onto Claire when she flew around. Yeah. Uh, and- well, luckily her horse is still here. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah, Emmerich will hop on the horse and go, okay, well, it's, it's a little better, but still. Uh, uh, well, and- give me ammo handling check, because you're that's- not clear. Yeah, that's okay. I-, I have a minus one, so this will probably be good. Oh, perfect. Uh, 13. Okay, mm. uh, it will it will operate for you, but it will only walk backwards. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, this takes me a while to figure out. Well, I'm like, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, sure. I guess it's yeah. Um, and so eventually, I like turn the horse around, facing the opposite direction of hills far, and it, it takes me a while to get used to like how to steer the reins. Um, cause you know, cause it's gonna turn in the opposite direction, right? Um, from where I'm it's pulling like backing on the reins. a trailer. Exactly, yeah. 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 Jackknifing it in a It's wall. been a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a while since, you know, Emmerich has backed up a horse. Um, cause you know, he's, he's higher up on the, uh, the management chain now. So yeah, it's beneath him. Yeah. Um, so it takes him a while to get the, the feel for it again. Uh, there's a lot of like, yeah, but, but he get he gets it eventually and they, they continue making their way down. He does one of those things when he's backing away from the house where he, he turns around and puts it in reverse and then he jolts forward because he put in the wrong gear. Yep. No, you're uh, riding a horse just fine like a normal guy. Uh, it, it eventually acquiesces to your demands for normal riding. <laughs> but, and that just confuses Emmerich even more because now he's got to turn the horse yeah. around again. Uh, he had finally gotten going, used to it. As this is going on, Corvid, or, uh, Emmerich's going to bring up Corvid. Do you, do you remember the witch we fought in, uh, in Cholt? Uh, we on fought that, a couple of witches. Yeah, they're actually that, still in my demi plane. Corvid cause. Well, no, remember oh, I'm a right. great old one. I can I can tell. Oh right, you're project. telepathic now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. So they're they're probably still in there. I don't check on them very often these days, so they may be dead. Should we? Oh, <laughs> should we bust one of them <laughs> out and interrogate them and see if we can figure out what's going on? We 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 could do that. Let's let's check out what's going on in Hillsfar, and if we meet a dead end, then we can just beat up on the on the the old witches again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. I got my trusty sword, so we should be all right. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was it was the three it was the three hags from the final dungeon in Cholt, right? Yep. I remember because yeah. I, I wanted to I wanted to let my wand of wonder decide their fate, but uh, <laughs> you guys decided to put them in the demi plate instead. Because yeah. isn't the demi plane? It's like a ten by ten room that they're trapped in forever, and it's just filling up slowly with their poop. It, yeah, that was that was what we determined. Yeah, it, the door is large enough to allow medium creatures to pass through unhindered. When opened, it leads to a demi plane that appears to be an empty room 
30 feet in each dimension, made of water stone. Um, each time you cast a spell, you can create a new Danby plane or have it connect to a Danby plane that you created with a previous casting. So uh, w what we ended up doing near the end of the campaign was whenever we ran into a problem, one of the options would be just shove them into a Danby plane and we'll right. use them later if we need to. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be it would be slowly getting warmer, right? Because they're burning like fat and you know maybe muscle at this point. Well, I mean, it, it depends. Heat, and there's nowhere for it to reject. Yeah, because I think those those creatures are immortal or something. Anyway, we're getting off topic. <laughs> How do the thermodynamics of a demi? Yeah, what's, <laughs> is is entropy? You know, always increasing there. What's going on? <laughs> um, um, the winding road to Hillsfar is more crowded than you expected. Traffic out of the city seems to have increased as of late. Most of those leaving appear to be non-humans who managed to escape the violent fate that awaited them in the city's arenas. Some appear to be wealthier humans, probably moving to greener pastures before the decline of the before the decline of the city consumes their resources or their lives. Cass. Corvid's a little concerned that he, he he's initially a little concerned that people are going to try to kick him out, and then he goes, "Oh wait." <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be a problem. They can't I'm a crow. Well, yeah, also, like, I'd like to see him try. Emrex <laughs> uh, says, don't worry, Corvid. Uh, I'll, I'll handle all this. Uh, and yeah, I look thanks, for man. the most magical looking thing I could find. Yeah, so I'm using my, uh, let's see, my arcane eye to kind of get a bird's eye view because I'm too lazy to actually fly up there and um, looking for any wizard's towers of any kind. And I'll I'll use my my wand of magic detection, which, uh, as I recall, we we specified it was like a divining rod, and uh, oh, so you can I find sources up. of water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see if I can pick up any sources of magic. Well, you're not at the city yet, so uh, the the people okay. you're seeing on the road, you're not getting any magical sense out of any of them. It's it's mostly, uh, you know, poor elves, poor dwarves, uh, you know, carrying what they have with them or dragging their families along as they like slowly walk along this road to you know whatever's out to the west or whatever direction they're walking um, I apologize if you already dropped this lore do we know why they're they're leaving so that was from uh, downtime double feature part one where uh, Duncan was saying that Hillsfar had been uh, exiling uh, or evicting all non-humans from the city uh, okay uh, that's right and so if you recall Claire said hey let's go check that out and then the word of God said hey just that's not what you're supposed to be doing do something else instead go check out the farm <laughs> so so you don't you don't know why that's happening right now but it seems it's mostly non-humans leaving because they've been evicted but then like I said it seems like there's some other uh, there are some wealthy humans who are leaving probably because there's something else about the situation that maybe they don't like that part of the situation or maybe there's some side effect of it that's affecting them adversely interesting Corvid this situation seems to be more complex than I originally thought we should head to Hillsfar with haste yes alright well up, boy. when you as you continue along the path uh, you reach the gate of the city the one way in and out of the city state of Hillsfar the city gate, massive and impregnable, is closed as you approach it. Guards roamed the crenellated parapets on the Barbican. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Their keen oh. eyes survey you closely. You seem to be the only people trying to get in. A portly guard on a deck overseeing the gate calls out to you. Oh, what business have you in here, sir? Corvid flies up to the <laughs> gate and then turns back into a half-elf right in front of the guy and says... 
none of your my business ain't is not your business you fucking piece of shit and then uh just whacks him on the head with his staff <laughs> and turns him into a thrall oh my goodness okay <laughs> um, uh, give me uh, an intimidation a, check yeah. I'll say with advantage oh that's good because I only got a 15 on the first one so ooh 17 yeah. 17 will do so uh, he falls on his ass as soon as you uh, transform back into a disgusting non-human right in front of him um, <laughs> yeah. Terrifying. And he, he blubbers slightly, but then you thwack him on the head and he immediately passes out. Uh, fortunately for you, it seems like nobody else really noticed it. Um, they're too busy, you know, admiring the crenellations on the parapet. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the sort of deck that he was on doesn't seem like anyone else is in the immediate vicinity that you can see or hear. So yeah, now it's your thrall. Uh, let us in and point us towards your finest wizards. Uh, I don't know anything about wizards, but the gate's open. Go ahead, my friend. And I, I wave down to Emmerich and say, come on in. Yeah, he pulls I... some lever or motions to somebody you can't see or does something or other and the massive gate opens. Uh, Emmerich puts away his nail file and quits filing his nails. Locks it. <laughs> Gonna look All impeccable right. when we're fighting these witches. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, he was like, Alan Emmerich, or uh, Corbin Scott. Take a quick break. Gotta look good, you know, businessman mm-hmm. and all. On the other side of the gate, you are assaulted by the sensory inputs from the city. The smell is what you notice first. The pungent scent of feces and rotting food in the air. It uh, seems I like they... it's called sh- night soil. Ah, it's the night soil. That, in Hills Far, <laughs> it's called night soil. That's right. It seems like the human inhabitants of the city haven't adjusted to the departure of the non-humans, who had presumably done a lot of the menial and custodial labor in the city. Accompanying the smell is a surprising silence. The streets are pretty empty for this time of day, save for a few bands of roving red-plumed guards and cloaked travelers darting quickly from place to place. One other smell hits you just in time to keep you from gagging. Cold beer from a nearby building. A two-story inn sits at the corner I'm, of the I'm, crossroads. I'm sorry, warm beer? Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, it's warm beer, that's right. That's warm room that, temperature. That's a Daggerford special. Uh, this this place has cold beer. And oh, you can, sorry, and guys. You can tell by the smell. Corvid uh, shakes his head and says, these savages. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a low-rank town. Uh, a two-story inn sits at the corner of the crossroads you hit as soon as, uh, or soon after the city's entrance. A sign hangs out from the front, depicting a ball of blue crystal and the name of the establishment, the Ponderous Orb. Ibrick <laughs> <laughs> uh, turns to Corvid and is like, you know, Cl- Claire's probably not going anywhere. We could grab a quick drink. Yeah, it'd be nice to be able to really cut loose and not have to worry about her just being all ethical and shit. <laughs> that is her strong suit, ethics. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> inside, yeah, the go, small dining area... I, I just assumed that you got inside. Inside, the yeah. small dining area is what you might expect to find in any similar establishment. A few tables and chairs litter the common area, and a half-orc stands behind the counter serving drinks and food to the few customers seated there. How he escapes the eviction of the non-humans is a mystery for now, and perhaps forevermore. <laughs> the only real oddity in the room is the dark corner, seated at which is a man with a long beard and flowing robes, brow furrowed and hands clasping the armrests of his chair as he stares at a blue crystal ball that sits on the table in front of him. I'm going to drop a picture um, okay. of what this guy looks like. I'd like to compliment you on your Adventurers League flavor text. <laughs> the writing is on point. Hmm. So he kind of looks like this. I just posted it in a late afternoon gaming text. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> That's about what I expected. Right. Uh, for for the, the audio podcast, 
fans out there. It's the picture of the the or pondering guy. Yeah, it's exactly what you thought it was going to be. That's what it is. (laughs) Corvid walks up to him and says, My man, that is a fine orb. May I ponder it with you? Before you get a chance to do that, um, you see that there's a man standing in front of the sage, hat in hand, shaking with nerves. As he opens his mouth to speak, the sage cuts him off with a deep voice. The item you seek is in the drainage ditch to the south of your home. Your wife does not yet know that you have lost it. Is that coming through, by the way? Yeah, yeah it is. Yes. Okay. He so doesn't. It's a dangerous game, but yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't look at the trembling man as he says this. The poor man tosses a silver onto the table as he runs out of the building. The silver coin spins and rolls off the sage's table onto the floor and into a corner. The sage does not seem to notice or care. Uh, Corvid approaches the table. Without looking and- up from his orb, the man intones. Welcome to Hillsfar, travelers. You come at a time of great need, and you are men of great power, though somewhat the lesser as of late. Your arrival is certainly fortuitous, though for whom remains to be seen. Hey, that's cool. Um, can you tell us where our friend He went? cuts you off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You seek your friend, who now fights on another plane. Your time is short, for she can only carry on for so long alone. You must find where she has gone and manifest the ability to get there yourselves. Okay, yeah, so far you've told me nothing I don't already know. <laughs> he continues to ponder his orb. <laughs> uh I'm gonna I'm gonna put a gold piece in the table and say But like but like what plane though? The location of your friend is a secret that few possess. Those who hunt this witch may give it to you, as they have already given it to another. Outside the walls of this city lies another who could share, though his goals are altogether different. Okay, he never so looks at you hunters. the whole time. He's uh, he's just staring at his orb and, and talking. Sorry, so what did you say? So there's witch hunters who should know, and then there's another guy outside the city who should know. Is that correct? Are you asking the uh, man yes. pondering his orb? He, yes. he does not deign to repeat himself. Okay. Um, can you tell us where the witch hunters are? There is a bulletin board in this bar. You can go look over there. <laughs> okay, I'm going to look at the bulletin board. <laughs> the um. bulletin board posted on the wall of the inn is covered with posts. Most seem to be wanted posters depicting some escaped slaved gladiators. A hundred gold bounty is available for anyone with information regarding the North Keep defenders, who seem to have been on the winning <laughs> side of something called the Bell in the Depths, a recent gladiatorial event. Another posting requests assistance of the righteous citizens of the city to join up with the Arms of Eldath, a witch-hunting group that appears to be recruiting to deal with the recent troubles plaguing the people of the city. Nice. The last the last note of any worth seems to be an advertisement for the Arcane Academy, a place of magical learning and a retailer of magical artifacts. One of the address tabs on the fine parchment seems to have been pulled off recently. Uh, I do love me some magic items, so we should swing by there at some point, but, uh, witch hunting first. Where's, uh, do we get a location off the flyer for this uh, witch hunting group? The flyer seems to indicate that the uh, the witch hunters, uh, which, like I said, the arms of Eldath, are located at the arena um, where the uh, North Keep defenders had recently mm-hmm. won their gladiatorial event. Wow, the, the, they sound really cool. Um, let's go to the arena. Uh, yeah, turn to Amber, can I say, that we should join up with these witch hunters. But I'm going to take a tab for the um, the magic items thing so I don't forget it. Uh, during during this entire time, uh, Imrik's been at the bar ordering you. Nice. We'll take it to go. Tuck, the <clears throat> half-orc bartender, uh, never says anything. He simply grunts 
uh, and nods or shakes his head whenever you ask him for something. Uh, Imric, uh, this pleases Imric, and he follows suit by just gesturing and, and grunting for things as well. <clears throat> Until he gets two beers, and then he leaves uh, a couple gold pieces on the counter. He nods and gives an appreciative... <clears throat> It gives you two rather large beers. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so Emric, uh, uh walks back to Corvid and holds out a beer and goes, mm. uh, I mean, uh, here, here you go. It's probably <clears throat> like, it's probably about three quarts worth of beer per glass. They're like really, really big. Wow. Uh, I, I love it. All right. So we're, we're taking it to go. We're heading to the arena. We're going to find these witch hunters. Witch hunters. Sounds good. Using the parchment uh, on the bulletin clink. board in the tavern. You find the recruiting grounds of the witch hunters easily enough. It seems to be a repurposed area outside of the now-closed arena, a massive feat of architecture unseen in even the greatest capitals of the world, though for now it is boarded up. Wanted posters, the same as the ones you saw in the tavern, litter the walls and ground. Apart from that, the area is somewhat a bustle with activity. Young men and women hurry to and fro, carrying equipment or parchments quickly towards some unseen destination. A soldier drills what look to be new recruits, one of whom appears to have passed out from the exertion. Apart from the newest looking members of the group, you notice that most of the members of this organization appear to be in somewhat rough shape. Bandages cover recently lost limbs, men groan as nurses apply ointment to severe burns only partially healed, and piles of equipment with no bearers suggest that the numbers of the group have diminished significantly. Above the rest, a dark-skinned, well-armored man spies you as you approach. He seems to take an immediate interest in you and descends from the platform from which he was surveying his troops. Let me post a picture of this guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. I I cheated pretty hard coming up with character portraits here. Yeah. Um, so he approaches you, uh, salutes, and says, Greetings, gentlemen. Uh, acutely aware that you are not your average passersby. Hey, hey, my man. We're looking to hunt some witches. He says, We are the arms of Eldath, the righteous blade of the church that seeks to rid this fair city of the plagues of witchcraft and degeneracy. Do, what do can, you know where they are? Why, yes, we do. He kind of oh. eye, eyes you and he drops his salute and says, You uh, you wouldn't happen to be another one of those folks trying to go to the witch's domain, would you? Uh, that Yes, that's exactly what we'd like to do. He looks like he's he's a little he becomes a little standoffish. He goes, "We uh we had a tough customer come through here a few days ago trying to do the same thing." He, yeah, he looks like, like he, he looks like he's, he's prepared good. to have to fight you. Oh, oh. I, I I don't want to. I just want to fight witches. He goes, "Hmm, no, it wasn't him who did this to us, but uh, I was just worrying us all." Well, anyway, what uh why? Listen, we need all the recruits we can get, but you don't look like you're the run-of-the-mill kind of soldier types that we're we're trying to get to join up here. You look a little more a uh, little more capable. Yeah, it's uh, personal for us. Oh, uh, do tell. Uh, it's personal. <laughs> Cor- Corvid waggles his eyebrows. <laughs> Emmerich kind of leans over and goes, "Person, uh, give me persuasion." Unless you're trying to intimidate, uh, give me whatever you think the appropriate role is. I'm I'm, I'm being polite for now. Hmm, well, you got a seven. seven. Well, right. a little more. Well, he's not at all persuaded by Corvid. And he goes, Are you half-elf? Uh, even so, I'm more of a man than you. Ooh. And then he, and then he, uh, fucking uses Molder and causes an avalanche of dirt. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> 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 uh, well, he, fucking witches. He, uh, he quickly reverts to his, uh, flavor text. 
Uh, surely you've heard about the recent strange happenings in and around the Hillsfar area. If not, count yourself lucky for now, but I suspect that luck will change soon enough. Poison water, infertile births, crops rotten in the fields, you name it. Just about everything short of blood rains and werewolves have been happening in some part or place of the Greater Hillsfar metropolitan area. Well, I'm here to tell you that this didn't start recently. It's been going on for hundreds of years. My family, the Looms, have been the shield against this menace for many generations, and we've been able to make do with what little we had. We've had our fair share of triumphs over the magical monstrosities, and suffered our fair share of losses to boot. But recently, something out there has stepped up its game, and we aren't equipped to handle it by ourselves, yet. But we figured out where it's coming from, and we aimed to mount an expedition to get rid of the blight once and for all. But that's a long time from now, given our current state of readiness. Nah, and I don't know nah, if we'll be fast enough like to save like this a, great city. That sounds like it's like a tomorrow kind of thing, or maybe even the today kind of thing. I think you're ready now, because we just walked in. Oh, well, we are definitely not ready, but if you... If two men of your stature want to, excuse me, want to take the fight to the enemy, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to not laugh while I talk. And talk. Uh, who am I to stop you? But it's a little tricky, see, because this witch we aim to slay, she ain't from around here. <laughs> what, yes, I mean, what I mean by that, that is that she exists on a parallel plane of existence. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Funny, I just had this conversation a few days ago with another gentleman. I won't hesitate to say that he was much less polite than the two of you. <laughs> Anyway, we know about the we need to get to. <laughs> anyway, we need to get that. We know the plane we need to get to. <laughs> Actually, a pretty recent bit of intel acquisition. We can get from Scry on the realm, if only for a little. But we can't get too many people there at a time. Not yet, anyway. And it's one hell of a dangerous spot. Well... That sounds fine. Where? How do we get to this domain? Yeah, tell you what. Point us towards the other guy because we're used to fighting as a group of three. So we'll, we'll you know, we'll tag along with this other guy if he wants to go too. Well, see, and, the uh, thing is, he's already there. Oh well, I guess send us there now, or tell us how to get there. He holds up his hands and goes, "Well, it's not quite that simple." Uh, it, it, <laughs> you better be. <laughs> see, now I can't just be giving that information to anyone. No offense to you, fine gentlemen. Of course, I just don't know you. See, the Corvid, thing Corvid starts, uh, his hand with his staff starts twitching. Uh, see, there's a thing about this realm, this witch's domain, that I just don't trust. Too many temptations for warriors such as yourselves, powerful magical artifacts and such. I don't want any of that garbage brought back to our world, see? <laughs> and uh, and mm. if it ain't me going over there, then I'm not confident that those powerful magical artifacts won't be coming back with you, assuming that you come back at all. Well, hmm. Corvid digs uh, through his spell book. <laughs> Emric is gonna pull out his uh, his rapier, and he's gonna like with his left hand like grab the dude, uh, like on his uh, collar, and then hold up the rapier to his face, and, and this is gonna say like, "Tell me how to get to this fucking domain." Okay, uh, as you do this, the entire courtyard like turns towards you, um, and the the many warriors uh, tense up. Because <laughs> again, this is something that something similar happened somewhat recently. <laughs> okay, <laughs> give me intimidation. Oh, that's a, that's a natural one. Wow, couldn't have asked for a better result. He goes. Now listen, I can see that you're very strong. He does not seem worried at all. He takes his finger and just pushes the rapier away from his face. Um, non uh, not impressed by the display says. Listen, we don't need things to come to blows. I didn't say I won't let you go. I just wanted to discuss some terms with you, all right? Just let okay. me go. What are the terms? Corvus tapping his foot. Oh. Listen, I'll get you the travel rune that you need to get this other realm. 
but I need a promise in exchange. Okay. Promise me that you won't let the witch or any of her magic garbage leave that realm. No people, no items, no clothing, except that which you brought with you. Deal? You got it, my man. Just, just get us there. Hey, he holds out his hand for you to shake. So I am lying, if that matters. Uh, give me deception. Hell yeah, 23. 23, yeah, he believes you. He's, All right, right, I, I shake I, his hand. I knew you to be men of good character. He kind of hitches up his, uh, his, whatever you call the armor version of pants. Uh, and says, all right, well. Br- britches. He hitches yeah. his britches. He hitches his britches. Uh, see, that's quality <laughs> DMing right there. Yeah. Uh, and he kind of gestures for you to come into a nearby building uh, with him. All right. As you Call walk up. in, there's a uh, there's some sort of quartermaster type who's sitting at the entrance um, who seems to be hawking amulets of protection. He says, hey, hey, if you're going to that, uh, if you're going to the witch's domain, you probably want some protection, right? Uh, yeah, what do you got, I guess? Oh, got these amulets, five gold apiece. They'll protect you what? from anything in their witchly domain, see? I cast detect magic. Uh, you don't detect any magic. Uh, yeah, uh, we're we're good. Suit yourself. Sign your own death warrant. Yeah, yep. I, seems like I do that a lot these days, and yet I'm still here, so... Well, looks about to out eventually. Yeah, he goes back to, to whittling the stick that he's uh, whittling, whistling. <laughs> okay. Um, cool. Quartermaster did his job. What's next? Okay, so you go into the building. The building seems to be the barracks where the slave fighters were detained prior to their bouts in the arena. It smells of feces, urine, and fear, and night soil. There's a war gong in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> There's a pile of musical instruments in the corner. Uh, yeah, discarded gongs, uh, zelkoons, and bagpipes. Uh, the cells are now empty, save for one that is flanked by two experienced-looking members of the Arms of Eldath, who step aside as Sergeant Loom waves them off. You follow him into the cell to see an elfish-looking woman with jet-black skin and red eyes chained to an iron chair, a thick metal collar around her neck, and all limbs bound. She glares at you all uh, with a mixture of fear and contempt. She looks like she's been hurt pretty badly, though she still has strength left. Remember when I said the location was a recent acquisition? Well, we got it from this fine lady here. Don't let her looks fool you. She's a witch. Not a terribly powerful one, fortunately, so we were able to capture her and convince her to part with the information we needed. Although it wasn't uh, necessarily the quality we needed. But that's changed. Now, she turns to the woman and produces a piece of uh, parchment from his pocket. Uh, would you please give us the room we need to these gentlemen? They aim to help us put an end to all this madness so we can all move on. She spits. Another one? Already lost your last friend that went in? Uh, he patiently holds the piece of paper near one of her bound hands. By the way, how am I doing, Duncan? Is this basically like Adventures League? Uh, I, I would say it's a little, a little too cohesive. Too cohesive. Uh, <laughs> too bad. Yeah, you yeah. can connect. I, I wish you would force more, you know, unrequested player action. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I guess it's okay. Okay, because the point of this one was you basically just watch as this interaction happens. Uh, so uh, Sergeant Loom says, "Just reinforcements, dear. Now, please draw the rune. I take no pleasure in hurting you or prolonging the suffering of you, me, or this city." And you're gonna give me that rune, so just do it now and save the world a little trouble, please. Uh, Imrek is gonna kind of lean over and whisper to Corvid, like, should we throw her in the demiplane too, just in case we need that rune again later? Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll give her a chance to be uh, cooperative. She I'm stares saying, at each of you, then extends a finger, drawing dark lines on the cloth. If this is in some kind of language, then it's not one that you're familiar with. She casts another dark look your way. It's your funerals. Give her my regards. Uh, and then she she goes silent, but 
uh, Sergeant Loom hands you the the piece of cloth with this intricate, ornate-looking rune on it. Just, all right. Now, there's a couple people around here that are powerful enough to get you to the, uh, the Witch's Plain, but I recommend going to the Church of Eldath. It's a uh, little bit up the road. It's actually nearby the uh, that Arcane Academy place. Uh, meet there with uh, Mother Ashlon, and she'll uh, tell her I sent you. She'll be able to get you where you need to go. Mother Ashlon. Okay. Now, remember, uh, don't be taking nothing out of that domain. I, and if you see I, that I witch, wouldn't... give her the business for me. Oh, yeah. yeah wouldn't, wouldn't dream of taking any, any powerful magical items with me. Um, Good. No, sir. Not at all. Yeah. No, not tempted at all. All right. Let's, let's head out and talk to this lady, this kind lady who will teleport us and let us fight this fucking witch. Should we, and should we, we stop said that's by at the, the academy, right? It's nearby. Is what is that where the... So we can we can stop by the magic item shop maybe and see if there's anything interesting there while we're there. As Let's you leave the area, a little girl runs up behind you. She's perhaps ten <laughs> and is missing her front teeth. Her dark skin and bright eyes make you think that she might be related to Loom. She hands Emmerich a slightly wilted flower and says, "Good luck, Mister." And she runs away <laughs> laughing. It's cursed. <laughs> yeah, you take uh, uh, eighteen d twenty necrotic damage and your teeth fall out. Emmerich, Emmerich says. Nonsense. What a sweet token from a young child. Uh, and he'll tuck it into his belt. That's very nice. Nice. Good good for him. Uh let's <laughs> let's hit up this uh I already forgot her name. Mother Ashalon. Mother Ashalon. <clears throat> let's let's go. Alright. You have just completed uh Act One, knowledge is power. Now you're on to Act Two. Is power. <laughs> power is power. Yeah. <laughs> then we get to level up. Power is power. <laughs> okay. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Now that the party has the travel rune in hand, they need to secure some method of using it to get to the witch's realm. Okay, so what is, did you say you're going to Arcane Academy or are you going to the church? Um, uh, I want Arcane to go Academy. to Arcane Academy. Yeah, okay. wherever the shop is. Yeah, let's, let's see what magic items we can find. In the wealthiest neighborhood of Hillsfar, you find the building that was mentioned on the poster at the inn. The Arcane Academy stands out as the most opulent building on the block, combining the features of a mansion and a fortress. As you walk into the richly appointed building, uh, you see that there's a bored-looking young man at the front desk. He doesn't seem to notice as you approach, his nose buried deep in a, a dusty tome. Hmm. I'll uh, snap my fingers to get his attention and say... Oh my god. Yes, hey, uh, you got any magic items for sale? Uh, not, uh, not personally. Uh, I think you need to go talk to the Archmage. Oh, where's he at? Uh, he j- just points you to a big door that leads into uh, seemingly a much larger area, and he immediately okay. just goes back to reading his book. <laughs> cool. I like this guy. Uh, I'll leave him to it. Walk the, to main, the, big door. the main room of the academy seems like a combination between a uh, richly uh, or a, it, just a really big classroom. I wrote it very poorly. Uh, library and <laughs> shop. Young mages in training mill about carrying stacks of parchment, books, or just cleaning the place up. Uh, at a table... Near the center of the room sits an old man adorned in grand robes. Corvid, you notice, uh, because I think your passive perception is much higher than Emmerich, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that sitting in the rafters high above the bookshelves is a woman in light armor, legs swinging absently as she surveys the room. Mm. I will approach the Archmage and say, Hey, uh, you got magic items for sale? Mm? He turns to you, Ah, yes, you need magic items. Yeah, um, if you got them. What, uh, what's your budget? 
What's your price? We're going to play this game for the next five hours. Uh, very expensive <laughs> is the price. Well, okay. Uh, give me a, give me, give me some options, and I'll figure out how much I'm willing to pay for them. Here are your options. And he tells you. Uh, you can buy the following items here. I know you guys are very rich, so I only had very good items here. Robe of Stars. 70,000 gold. Robe of Stars. Right, I need to... In D&D Beyond, I'm assuming there's a place you can just look up items. Yes, these are all in D&D Beyond. Yeah, I um, just gotta figure out where that is. If just you, go to the search bar at the top. Yeah, that's the fastest. Oh, okay. So you got the Robe of Stars, 70,000 gold. Boots of Speed, 5,000 gold. Elven Chain, 25,000 gold. Oh my god. Wings of Flying, 25,000 gold. Cloak of Protection, 5,000 gold. Winged Boots, 7,500 gold. Robe of Eyes, 20,000 gold. Hmm. Well, oh, dude, the winged boots. You, If, if Emmerich gets the winged boots, then he can actually fly. Yeah, Emmerich is... Uh, Emmerich is looking at those, those winged oh, Too bad boots. he's afraid of magic items. <laughs> no, <laughs> remember he got we, over uh, Yeah, <laughs> that was part of his character arc. <laughs> yeah. He went, hang uh, on a minute. I like magic items. They're cool. Winged boots and... I don't want that. Oh, the robe of stars looks pretty cool. Um, what was, there was a elven something. Elven chain. Elven chain. It's a uh, it's armor. Oh oh gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't think I. I mean that's. Uh, yeah, Emrick will go. Let me uh let me, let me take a look at those boots. Uh, the ones he, with the wings. Oh, I forgot to put his picture. The Archmage Alonius picture. One second. Would you mind uh, if you have them, if you have them just like written down somewhere? Could you paste the list in? Because I think I, when I was trying to search things, I missed things that you were saying. Yeah, sure. I'll post it here. <laughs> that looks pretty good. <laughs> if it's not obvious for these character portraits, I just took pictures of people in demon souls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I want that uh, that robe of stars. All right, that'll run you 70 Gs. All yeah, right, no that will run you 70 Gs. <laughs> 70 big boys, you say? Yeah, 70 smackaroos. All right, I have so much money that it doesn't even matter. But I will remove 70,000 gold. All right, and I'll pick up that. Oh, you know what? I'm going to have to... Um, yes, that is a, attunement. That's an attunement item. No refunds. Yeah, that's fine. I'll get rid of my staff of the python. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm um, I'm getting myself a robe of stars. You know what? I would like to. I I'm not going to be able to use it because I don't have the slots for it. But uh, I'm going to pick up the uh, cloak of protection and give it to Claire when we meet up. Oh yes, she will love it. Perhaps, you know, you guys should pick up something cool for this guy that you're going to meet. He sounds like a real Chad. What, do you think there's a what, thing what that you, he would want? Describe this guy to me and maybe I can uh, pick something for him. Yeah, I know nothing about this guy, so. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a cloak of protection. What have you heard? Maybe I've heard so, of him. So, so fuck him. All right, I'm dropping another five grand. And I'm gonna you definitely the... got told something about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Only that Luckily, was... Archmage Alonius can read your mind. Uh, and he <laughs> says, Oh, wait, you were told that he was extremely rude, I believe. 
and that he beat up a lot of people. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I don't see why that would make, encourage me to buy items for him. Hang on, and he furrows his brow. He goes, <laughs> I think I know who this guy is. He came in here and threatened to beat people up. <laughs> <laughs> Emery goes, like, yeah, he sounds like a total cut. <laughs> what? No, he's a, total, he's a total chat. He just pissed me off is all. He's why I had to beef up security in here. So anyway, right, if you're going to buy something for him, the, the price is doubled. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'm not going to do that. Um, I am buying the Cloak of Star, or the, sorry, the Cloak of Protection, and I will give it to Claire when we meet. All right, that would bring your total to 75,000 gold pieces. Yep. Uh, I've, I've deducted it from my funds. Uh, he takes the massive pile of gold and it disappears. Mm. Thank you for your business. And you, sir. Yeah, no problem. He looks my, over to Emmerich. Uh, Licking his like lips. That, uh, that, those, those boots with the wings look pretty cool. And I, I don't know, Corvid, what, how do you think this looks? Uh, and I'll, uh, I'll kind of like put on the, the robe of eyes and, and pose for Corvid. You touch it, you buy it. That'll be 27,500 gold. <laughs> uh, mm, I, okay, okay, I guess, uh, I guess I got this now. Didn't even look at the robe of eyes. Uh, oh, dark vision. Mm, That's cool. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's a great pick for humans everywhere. Dark vision, invisible things. Ethereal plane and advantage on perception checks, which will really help yeah, with that's my pretty, minus one to perception. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, get it. Okay, yeah, I will. Uh, I will get those two. Uh, Archmage Alonius is smiling very <laughs> widely, having made over a hundred thousand gold today. What have we not bought? <laughs> you didn't buy the boots of speed, the elven chain, the wings of flying. That's it. Yeah, what's up with the wings of flying? Is that just another cloak? It's a cloak that lets you fly. Okay, I've already got one, except mine's cooler. Uh, Emmerich goes, you know what? I'll uh, I'll buy the wings of flying, too, just to have options. His eyes turn into dollar signs. He goes, all right. Wait, that's not for that other guy, is it? No, it's for me. Okay, hmm. he it's eyes totally, you warily. It's, it's totally for the other guy. <laughs> but I don't know that yet. If you run into the dragonborn who calls himself Balasar Kimbatul, tell him to go fuck himself. <laughs> sounds good. Go. Sorry, what did you say easy. his name was? Balasar Thimbatu? Balasar Kimbatul. And you want him to fuck himself. That's right. And, and you can and your tell name him Arch, Archmage Alonius told him Archmage that. Archmage Alonius. Okay. Duncan, does this sound like I'm doing Balasar justice right now? No. I think maybe if you if if you know Archmage told him that he's a you know a bringer of justice to those in need of it, and then <laughs> right. he's, you know, uh, you know that, that maybe that would kind of give them a clearer picture. But they'll find that out in time. They'll find out, yeah, yeah. All right, is there anything else that I can do for you today? Now, no, I, I think I, think I heard happy. you say, or perhaps I read your thoughts. I'm sorry, I probably should have asked first. You're trying to get to another plane, is that right? Yeah. There's some witch there's some witches we gotta kill. The details do not interest me, but for the low low price of twenty five thousand gold pieces apiece, I could get you there. Um well we do tell you what, we'll shop around a bit. We'll come back, uh if that seems like a good deal. Alright, I'll be here. He lays down on a pile of gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Starts making like little snow angels with it. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
All right, let's head go, to... Come uh, back any time. You are more than welcome to shop here. Yeah, some call them trash. Me, I call them treasures. Nobody calls the things I sell <laughs> trash, mister. Yeah, we walk out the door and he says, Do come back. Do come, come back. back. <laughs> let's have to the abbey or whatever, the church. All right. Let's go. You, f you find the church quickly enough because just like whoever told you Loom uh, said, that's right next door. Located in the wealthy area of the city of Hillsfar, the Church of Eldath does not stand out. Neither opulent nor quaint, you probably wouldn't have looked at the building twice if it wasn't your destination. The church seems to be mostly empty, and the building is dark for this time of day. Inside, you find a lone woman praying at the altar near the front of the main chamber. She's clothed in ornate white robes and chants softly, uh, stopping <clears throat> Excuse me. when she notices that you have entered the room. She stands to greet you. Here, let me. I'll, I'll drop a picture of her. Part of it got cut off because of some weird art stuff I was doing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes, she is also from Demon Souls. She says, May Eldeth's truth light your way, gentlemen. I am Brother I Ashalon. recognize that accent. We all clerics sound like this. How can uh, I help yeah. you today? Uh, hey, uh, we're yeah, looking we to want to go to the witch's dimension. Yeah. The witch's dimension. Oh, did Sergeant Loom send you? Sure did. Sure. Ah, I see. He said that two very powerful and uh, slightly homely men were coming to uh, go to the, the witch's yeah, domain. Cor Corbin starts flexing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did not say comely, I said homely. Yeah, I, I know what you meant, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I have heard from the arms of Eldeth that, that they plan to send another group into the witch's domain. I have sent many to that place, though precious few have made the journey back. The journey yeah, back. Well, it, well, maybe they just weren't as cool and handsome as us, but we'll, yes, that, we'll that must have been the problem. <laughs> Fortunately for you, having now sent so many, I have a better idea of the best place to drop you. Um, so where are we dropping, boys? Uh, if I knew anything about Fortnite, I would I would make some sort of joke about it. Mm -hmm. um, Tilted towers. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. uh, so. She brings you to... Oh, where did I... Where did I write this? Uh, she brings you to a room on the side of the church where furniture has been pushed aside uh, in order to make room for a circle drawn in melted wax on the floor. Um, as you approach it, the wax begins to go, glow with a golden hue. Um, however, before she, uh, before she begins the ritual to send you to the witch's domain, she turns to you and says... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Where is this? Sorry, I'm going to jump around here. Um... Uh, if I am to assist you in your journey to the witch's domain, you must make a pledge of service to Eldeth, the god of knowledge. Uh, do no. You, do, <laughs> what? We, uh, I, I, this is the, the church of Eldeth, the, the god of knowledge. We value truth above all other things. Yeah, um, okay. Uh, is it binding, or do I just have to say that I'm gonna, it is, like... <laughs> it is binding. Uh, alright, see ya, and, uh, I gesture to Emmer can say, let's go back to that wizard tower. Because <laughs> I ain't Alrighty. fucking doing this shit. Like, right? Like, where, where, where's your head at here? I don't want to be swearing oaths. Yeah, I'm not a... Well, I, you know, I wasn't planning on keeping it anyway, but whatever. Well, yeah, but apparently it's binding. Uh, I mean... Uh, is it magically binding? I turn, I turn back to her and say, is it like, am I going to be compelled... Yes. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, I want to be able to fucking sneak out on this deal after I make it. Uh, no, the, the purpose of the oath is to. Yes, you will be held to the oath. All right. Yeah. No, that sounds stupid. Um. See ya. She bows and says, "Best of luck on your journey." Uh huh. Yeah. 
Good luck getting more converts. You're like, we'll do good things for you, but only if you agree to respect us. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> she goes back to her uh, her chanting prayer. Mm. So we'll, we'll head back to the Archmage and say, turns out the other price was too fucking high. So what do you say? It was like 20 grand a pop? No, 40. I'm pretty sure you said 20. You're right. I said 25, but now the price is 40. Well, that's stupid. Sorry, Claire. Looks like you're going to die. <laughs> Want to go back and get a beer? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I have, uh, well, I have a question whoa, for you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How about, how about this? Um, we'll, front, we'll front the money to get there, but uh, we're going to bill Claire as soon as we get back. Well, but here's here's kind of my thought, and I, I speak to the Archmage here, and I say, how do you, how much sentimental value do your limbs have? Mm, quite a bit. <laughs> mm, yeah, would, would should be a shame if they, uh, you know, you may be attached to them, but uh, if you keep this shit up, they may not be attached to you, if you, <laughs> you know what I mean. No, why don't you explain it in more detail? Uh, I'm going to hit him over the head pretty soon if he doesn't. Stop being so fucking belligerent. Um, yes, yeah, so he's the one being belligerent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> resisting. He's getting in my way. I'm gonna kill your NPC if you don't knock it off. <laughs> yeah, that this guy. Is level twenty player. That guy whose name is the Archmage. I'm sure I can just bonk him over the head and make him my thrall. No problem. Yeah, but but is he like twentieth level though? DM, you better knock this shit off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder what level really he is. That's an interesting question. Really let me pull. getting in my way. He's like let, me pull up his, <laughs> let me pull up his gigantic character sheet. And see his challenge said. rating is 5,000. Well, I will tell you, he is not 20th level. Yeah, he could, he's probably greater than <laughs> that. he's 30th. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. We won't, and yeah, also, we can't even do this yet because we gotta... Oh, no, no. The, um... Our companion is already there, so we don't need to wait on him. Uh, all right, fine. Corbett tosses 80, 80, 80 grand on the table and says, send us there. He says, all right, let me see your travel rune. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Uh, he snaps his fingers and you, you're you gone. Cool. All right. That was act two. Power is power. <laughs> see, I knew power. we should have stuffed power. that other witch in the demiplane. Because there goes our travel rune, right? What if we want to come uh, back? I, uh, I took a what if we want to come it. back for the magic items? <laughs> <laughs> no, all right. See, we'll just use the demi plane to shove all the magic items in there. Ah, uh, that's I, I. I was thinking I also have a bag of holding, but I think either one the demi plane does because it because you can create a new demi plane each time, right? Yep. And then I go can back make as many ones. as I want. Oh, and yeah. so that then they'll like, hey, did you bring any magic items out with you? And I'll say, no. You can search me if you want, <laughs> and they won't find anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you're like forgetting it. that he told you that they can scry uh, into this realm. Yeah, well, fucking, what's he gonna do? Well, you'll find out later, but right now it's time for Act 3, Dragons and Dungeons. <laughs> okay. Alright. You feel yourself fade from the material plane and find yourself standing in a grim landscape. The sky is deep red with black clouds and a full moon glows a dull blue overhead. This must be the witch's domain. You take in your surroundings. A deep, dark forest opens up just near you. You seem to have been transported to its edge. Sounds of beasts howling echo out of it. A path leads into the woods, disappearing quickly into the darkness. That path, on the other end, uh, there lies a great stone double door. Perhaps 30 feet tall, it looks like it must weigh a bazillion tons. 
Etched into the door, colored red, is a scene. A man surrounded by corpses, draining their blood into an urn. Giant stone knockers, covered in bloody handprints, stand just within reach. When I say knockers, I don't mean boobs. I was about to ask. I was was hoping you did, but okay. To the side of the door stands a statue of a demon carrying a greatsword, tip pointed down towards a stained stone urn on a pedestal. As you take this in... Sorry, go on. Uh, I was I was going to make a remark to Corvid, but I'll, I'll let the, the flavor text finish. For As you take this in, you hear the sounds of violence coming closer and then suddenly cease. You turn towards the woods to see a dragonborn, brass skin, barely visible beneath the heavy armor and gallons of blood that drip from his person and arms emerging from the forest. He walks coolly towards you. Hey, you're, you're bleeding. Yeah. Uh, so you see a, a mountain of a dragonborn walking towards you. Um, he is big, strapping, and his armor is um, roughly hewn. It looks like it is it is uh, steel that is crisscrossed and just an unbelievable amount of scratches, and it looks extremely thick. He wears a an intimidating-looking dragon's head helmet covering his dragon-like head. Um, and you can see... Bits of brass scale, um, you know, beneath the armor and these piercing green eyes. And he looks at you. All right, let me describe what he's got on him. He's got a, he's got a sword sheathed at his side, and he carries a long spear. Um, and and as, uh, as you say that to him, he says, It's not my blood. Cool, whose is it? Did you find the wishes? No, he didn't. He chuckles and says, I'm fixing it. I'm gonna. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so... Those uh, witches are good as dead. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're looking for, <laughs> we're looking says, for witches. You found them? No, we just got here. Are you witches? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, he, uh, uh, he stares at you and then seems satisfied. Okay, cool. Um, so He we're sits here down on a nearby stump and be- uh, begins taking a stone to his uh, lance, sharpening it. All right. Uh, have you looked around at all? Do you have any idea where the witches are? Uh, uh, since I, I didn't, I didn't tell Duncan any of this, so I'll just go ahead and tell you uh, mm. what what his journey was. I'll quickly summarize it for you. Ah. Um, so, uh, Balasar Kimbatul, the uh, incredible paladin that you see sitting before you, um, had a brief run in with the arms of Eldath, uh, and had joined them on the hunt to capture the witch that they currently have at their place. Um, he ended up getting in a bit of a tussle with them. Uh, and roughing them up, as stated before, uh, after that mission, trying to get the travel rune to come here. Um, he then went to the uh, um, went to the church, got kicked out of that as well, um, and tried to uh, intimidate the archmage <laughs> uh, to get him to send them him here. She eventually consented to. Um, but then resolved to never, ever do anything for free ever again. And that was a couple days ago. Unfortunately, <laughs> the, uh, uh, where, uh, unfortunately for Balasar, the accuracy of the transportation was not as good as yours, so he has been fighting in those woods for a couple days uh, against whatever beasts and whatever else is out there. So he has not actually killed any witches. He conveniently showed up to the threshold of the witch's lair right around the same time you did. It's only well, a matter of time. Their fate is sealed. Yep, especially now that we're here. Am I right, Emmerich? You're right, we yeah. got this. You can uh, kick back. I'll tell you I'm what, a... you boys might as well go home. I don't know if we can. Uh, don't need you slowing me down. I hate you. 
<laughs> yeah, well, God, Corbett can't stand these pushy types here. <laughs> you know, like that just really gets on his nerves. Yeah. We'll see. Like, all. Can you believe Ooh, it? Down. Can't they understand that I'm the main character? I, I bet you can't even fly, Emmerich says. That's true. You should try out your boots. Uh, here, let me let me put them on real quick. I'll uh, I'll put them on and I'll uh, I'll take them for a spin. You ascend into the air. <laughs> And I like flip upside down, and uh, yeah. <laughs> like my boots it's like are Iron flying. Man, and you like, immediately like smack into I... the wall because you yeah. don't know how fast it goes. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, this is so cool, Balsar. It's too bad you can't do it. I never told you my name. <clears throat> oh yeah. Oh yeah. The Archmage like, everybody says, go in fuck town yourself, told us. by the way. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, who? Yeah, exactly. Nobody cares about him. All right. Uh, uh, hey, uh, here, you look. You look get, like an honest guy. You want? You want some wings to fly? Yeah. All right then. Well. uh go and I'll uh there we go just gonna give him that I'll, I'll just give him everyone Thanks. can fly <laughs> hashtag right. team fly oh my god let's get down to business let's let's find these witches and and find Claire oh hey so now that we're in the same dimension I might be able to use scrying um describe scrying to me yeah hold on you can see and hear a particular creature you choose that is on the same plane of existence as you um the target must make a wisdom saving throw, which is modified by how well you know the target and the sort of physical connection you have to it. If a target knows you're casting the spell, it can fail the saving throw voluntarily if it wants to be observed. So Claire wouldn't know this. I assume she's going to try to save against it. Um, yeah, probably. So... Let me pull up her sheet. All right. So her save... So my save DC is 19. We'll start with that. She's going to make a wisdom saving throw with a couple of modifiers on it. I definitely know her well, so that's a minus five. As far as connection goes, I don't think I have anything physical from her. So that Probably wouldn't, not. I wouldn't I wouldn't get any benefits from that. So it's just a minus five. Minus she's at minus five? She's at a minus five for the DC nineteen saving throw. Okay, well then she fails. Nice. Okay. Um, on a failed save, the spell creates an invisible sensor within 10 feet of the target. You can see and hear through the sensor as if you were there. Um, at the, yeah, so it doesn't look like I can actually find out where you are, but I can, I can see, I can see where, what she's up to. Okay, so you catch a brief glimpse of what she's doing. So she is covered in blood, uh, and she has her sword out, and she is in the process of stabbing multiple times in the chest uh, this gigantic undead cyclops. Um, her, her sword aflame, blood spraying everywhere. She stops for a moment, and then a gigantic hand of another cyclops seems to smack her off of it, and she goes flying, and then you lose sight of her. Oof. Okay. Um, hey, guys, Claire's in trouble. <laughs> this doesn't look good at all. Uh, let's see if I have anything that can actually help me find where she is. Now that we're on the same plane, things should be a little bit easier. Well, so what, uh, Balasar, what do you got going on? Do you have any way to, to hunt down these witches? Hmm. No, I don't think so. Oh, well, okay. I'm going to use Arcane Eye and... Uh, go ahead and give me, give me uh, an intelligence check. Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Duncan's favorite technique. My Oops, rolls really aren't going to roll 20. That's a 13. Here, I'll, I'll roll an intelligence check for Balasar. Do you do you have the beyond twenty? Yeah, it, it might be maybe maybe you don't have like a token selected. Uh oh yeah I don't. Do I have an actor? 
I don't think you need to. Duncan. Anyway, you got a 20. That's pretty good. Uh, so you think, as you, you're wondering where the witch might be, you think that going through the gigantic stone door that you're standing right next to might be a good place to start. Mm. I point to the door. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. And say, time to put my hands on one of those knockers. <laughs> you know what? You're all right, dude. Corbett claps him on the back. I'll go ahead and I'll describe the scene for you again because it's been a minute. The path on which you stand ends at a great stone double door. Perhaps 30 feet tall, it looks like it must weigh a bazillion tons. Etched into the door, colored red, is a scene. A man surrounded by corpses, draining their blood into an urn. Giant stone knockers, covered in bloody handprints, stand just within reach. To the side of the door stands a statue of a demon carrying a greatsword, tip pointed down towards a stained stone urn on a pedestal. We're gonna need to fill that pedestal up with blood in order to get through that door. No problem. Sounds like a good time. Uh, well, I just got done killing something. Corvid, don't you have the, uh... The, I want to go fish it out of the woods and drain the blood into the, the air. jug that makes liquid? Oh, yeah, I wonder if I can make... Bl- uh, dude, that would be great if we actually got some use <laughs> out of the, uh... Ballister says, there's no need for that, as he <laughs> shakes blood from the corpses into the air. Yeah, the blood isn't an option, so... Ah, uh, okay. So, when you... Go to, like, retrieve some corpses of whatever it was that you were killing in there. Doesn't take you that mm-hmm. long. When you go to wring it out like a uh, like a towel into the, uh, mm-hmm. into the urn, uh, the blood congealed and sticky seems to disappear as soon as it enters it. Let's see. <laughs> She's a thirsty one. I keep squeezing. Nothing seems to happen. It seems like it, like, sizzles and vanishes as soon as it touches the urn. So it doesn't like that blood. Um, this ain't working. Hmm... Battlestar, do you have any kind of healing capability? I do. Okay. Um, Corvid will try, will like prick his finger and just get a drop of blood in there and see if it sizzles away too. It does not. Oh, okay. Yep. Looks like looks like we're gonna have to bleed into this thing ourselves. You take one point I of piercing pu- damage. Okay. I put a hand on you and I say, "Go ahead. I got you." <laughs> Great. Um... <laughs> Yeah, this 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 can't possibly end badly. I'm gonna roll up my sleeve, and uh, man, I don't even know if I if I have any. Okay, I've got a dagger. I'm gonna I'm gonna slice open, like not a super duper deep cut, but it'll it's it's long. One of An my artery. yeah, no, just uh, <laughs> like uh, my forearm, and hold it over, and let the let the blood drip in. Okay. How many HP are you willing to lose? HP of blood worth? 100. 100? Okay. All right, you do so. Uh, with Ballastar presumably healing you quite a bit throughout the process. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, well, it fills up uh, slowly. This doesn't This isn't exactly a quick process, but um, eventually you put enough blood into it, uh, and it makes a, a slight boom. Um, as it seems like it settles into a position. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let's let's try that door. What do you, right. what do, you do with the door? Uh, I um, I uh, knock with a knock. It opens slowly and boomingly because, nice. like I said, it weighs a bazillion tons. But bazillion uh, tons. It opens. Uh, what is this? An arcane eye in there. Once inside, you hear the sounds of fighting coming from the ruins of a building that is just nearby. Um, Corvid on, sprints towards it. 
On the ground near them, you see Claire's holy symbol and a trail of blood leading to the building. I pick up the holy symbol and uh, sprint for the building. As you approach, uh, you hear the sounds of fighting getting louder. Uh, when you get to the threshold of the building, you hear a crash and see the body of a woman fly through one of the walls um, and clash, or crash into a wall on the opposite side. Um, her body careens into the next wall and flops to the ground. She struggles to her feet. It's Claire, though she's seen better days. Her left arm appears to be broken, her shield is gone, and her face is coated in blood. As she tries to stand, she collapses. Through the, hole that she was, through the hole that she was thrown through emerges a gigantic hand, very similar in appearance to the one that grabbed Claire earlier. It pulls through the body of a gray, necrotic cyclops who roars and swings its arm menacingly at the party. Roll initiative. Ooh. Yeah. So, Nerf, if I could get the picture of that uh, ruined castle, and then I believe I'd ask for some cyclops oh, or giants. Oh, it's the game is paused. Everyone else's stuff is showing up, even though it's paused. Mm. I can't see everybody else's stuff. Oh, that's interesting. Are you in the okay. right... Uh... Yeah, it says that I'm in the same game as you guys. I'll try refreshing the page. Yeah. Alright, and just uh, tell us where to drop our tokens. You want the Cyclops? Yeah, two of them. You know, I'm really sad that you guys didn't choose to go with the, uh, the Mother Ashalon option. That was going to be really awesome. <laughs> oh, what, what would it have uh, done to us? So, the consequences of that would have been... Hang on, i got to go back up to power as power real quick. Uh, given this oath, the players get a plus three bonus to persuasion if what they're saying is true. They also get one inspiration each. However, if they lie, the liar must succeed on a DC 30 wisdom saving throw or take 5d10 cold damage. If they become forsworn, then they must succeed on a DC 30 wisdom saving throw or take 10d10 cold damage and one level of exhaustion. It was going to be the greatest thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad we didn't do that. That would have been amazing. Um, So, uh, you said she fell down. Is she, like, unconscious, or is she just... She appears to be unconscious. Oh, sad. Are you still having problems getting in, Duncan? Yeah, it just won't load. I, can, I don't want to hold us up, though. I can go theater of the mine. That's fine. Honestly, that, that's not going to make a big difference anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, I'll... Okay. Begin combat. Ooh. Oh, Emmerich snap. is up. Okay. Uh, seeing his dear friend in trouble, uh, Emmerich is going to... Uh, Gosh, how far, everything's so far away. He's going to pull out his trusty um, syringe of go-go juice. He's going to look at... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I keep wanting to say Aizen. He's going to look at Corvid and go, uh, gotta go fast. And he's going to cast... Hell yeah. Um, uh, the, the Expeditious Retreat, wherever it is. There. He cast Expeditious Retreat on himself as a bonus action, um, which uh, allows him to to uh, take dash as a bonus action, including when he casts a spell. Uh, so it's going to go one, two, three, four, five, six. Um, oh, man. Did, did I see... Okay, so I'm right next to Claire now. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run to Claire first. I'm going to go, like, Claire! Uh, and I'm going to run up and check out Claire. Um, okay, like, can I, can I see what's going on? Is she unconscious? Is she just hurt? Uh, give me a medicine it, check. Uh, oh, it's good. I'm good at this. It's okay. Don't worry. That's a five. Uh, the fact that she's covered in blood and her left arm is bent at a an angle that seems a bit extreme, considering that she's a normally jointed human. She's looked better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna slap her in the face a few times. Claire, Claire, uh, and then I will uh, I will pour a potion of healing down her throat. Okay. 
How much, uh, how much does that heal? Seven hits. Wow. Alright. She, uh, she swallows it, and, uh, but she appears to still be unconscious. It did not wake her up. Oh, snap. Some foul magic is at work here. Uh, and that Actually, now end. we'll let's say she she wakes up because I don't understand how unconscious relates to things apart from hit points. So we'll we'll say she wakes up, but she's very <laughs> dazed and confused. And we'll, we'll say she's got a level of exhaustion. Make it three. She has three levels of exhaustion. Never mind. Every everything is fine. There's no foul magic at work here. Uh, <laughs> you know, that Claire. Hey, it's it's your buddy Emmerich. Uh, hey, you, you owe Corvid eighty eighty thousand gold. So uh, you pass it out again. <laughs> All right, Corvid, All right, Corvid advances, and uh, when he sees Claire, he tosses her holy symbol onto her. It slaps she her sees- on the forehead and clinks to the floor. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> now where the fuck are these hill giants? Yeah, this is kind of weird. Um, is there any way we can just turn off the lighting? Yep, I will do that right now. That'll be easier. And half of these walls have been smashed down by the gigantic cyclops crawling their way through this building. Gotcha. Oh shit! <laughs> These, guys are too- These guys are big. Yeah, they're very big. <laughs> um, cool. Well, hey, there's two of them, and they're you know kind of close together. <laughs> you know what that means. Corvid fondly runs a hand along his his staff of power and says, "My friend, it's been too long." <laughs> and casts fireball. Sweet. Oh Jesus. Oh, Jesus. is that a. Uh- yeah, fifth level. Okay, DC nineteen dexterity saving throw. Is that right? Yeah, only thirty-one damage. Not Dude, that roll sucks. Yeah, two ones. Okay, so we'll say the first one. The when I roll twice, the first one will be the bottom one. So okay. thirteen will fail, and then the other one. I don't know if these things are rolling. Okay, there we go. Also fails. So they both take thirty-one damage. Nice. Uh, says that's for hurting my friend. You fuckers. Oop, that's not right. Yeah, no, no, keep it that way. <laughs> He's uh, dead. <laughs> so I can't change the max hit points on these guys for some reason. Um, okay. Yeah, that's why. What you do you said want mad, to be? not impressed. Was that me? <laughs> no, no, yeah, that was the giant. That was the giant. What do you what, what do you, do you want his max hit points to be? Uh, uh two hundred. Okay. D- don't listen, guys. <laughs> for both of them. Uh-huh. Uh, the. Okay, now that looks correct. So then that would be... Was it 31 damage? Post, yeah, it was 31 damage. Uh, so... Okay, I got it. Okay, thanks. All right. They both... They both... Do this great grumble. And the, the models I have for them are standing up, but these guys are, like, uh, prone, like, crawling and smashing their way through this building. Um, it looks like... Both, one of them is missing both of its legs uh, that Claire appears to have cut off, and one of them seems to only be missing a foot, but is still crawling around. Okay, is that it for Corvid? Uh, yeah, I think that's all I got. <laughs> okay. Balasar is up. Now, I know you can't see what's going on, but what's going on is uh, your two friends have rushed into this uh, crushed and crumbling building uh, after seeing Claire be tossed around like a ragdoll by these gigantic undead cyclopes, which apparently is the uh, plural of cyclops. Um... They rushed in. Uh, Emmerich seems to be trying to administer some sort of first aid or whatever. And then, was it working? I don't know, because he got a five on his medicine check. Um, Corvid, meanwhile, flies in and creates a gigantic explosion, seeming to harm both beasts. Balasar, not knowing who any of these people are or what they're doing, 
stands ready to presumably do something. Mm. Uh, am I within... Am I close enough that I can close the distance to the closest Cyclops and attack yes, it? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, I begin striding up confidently uh, and uh, raise my my lance above my head and a lightning bolt strikes it and it begins to glow with divine radiance mm-hmm. um, as I cast Holy Weapon. Awesome. Um, and then I uh, accelerate to a jog and then a sprint and I skewer this Cyclops twice. Go for it. Roll to hit twice. I will. Or would you like me to roll to hit twice for you? I will roll to hit twice. Uh, 29 to hit. Uh, that'll hit. And 32 to hit. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes, those will definitely both hit. <laughs> um, Duncan, I, I'm streaming uh, Foundry in a third Foundry window if you want to oh, nice. see what it looks like. Let me take a look. Wow, technology at its finest. Okay, so tell me how much is physical and how much is radiant. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I just saw this. Oh, these these are big boys. Yeah, they're very big. Um. Okay. So damage on the. F- Let's see. Okay. So that leads to a total of forty-two physical damage, and thirty-five radiant. Yeah. So he he runs up and he plunges his lance deep into uh whatever the closest part of this cyclops is. Pulls it back, um, and then plunges it in a second time uh, for for like a, a hit close to the the same initial location. Yeah. So when you do this, um, as you attack, you are using your sword or your lance. Lance. So you plunge your lance in, and it, it finds purchase really easily, and then it seems like it it sort of like explodes when this thing of this holy light pours out of the new orifice that you've created, and then just about every other little pore that it's got. Um, and it, it roars with rage and pain. Um, and you can tell that you are absolutely crippling this thing with your radiant damage. And then you do it again, and it's even worse. I sure do. Alright, does that complete your turn? Um, yes. Okay. Um, the Both of them are up. So, the first one that attacks is the one that uh, is closest to all of you, and the one that Balasar almost killed, or like basically took out more than half its health in one turn. Um, it stares at you angrily, and then it um, it looks specifically at Balasar and swings its left arm at you. What you notice when it swings its left arm is that its left hand is missing, uh, and it's uh, oh wait, sorry, you were supposed to do something on your turn that I forgot. Um, you uh, you are sprayed with its blood as you attack it. Um, so what you need to do is make a DC 18 constitution saving throw. 18. 18. So you made it. So you're going to take half damage. So you're going to take uh, 10... What is this? Acid or poison? 10 poison damage from the blood uh, spraying out of this thing and onto you. Okay. Now it swings its arm about and more blood goes flying in your direction. It's learned to weaponize its, uh, its new disability. 26 to hit. Would you say that it's handy-capable? It's very handy-capable. <laughs> uh, that will hit. Okay. You get washed with a spray of blood that does 37 poison damage. Okay. The, the caustic blood uh, sprays all over your armor and starts to sizzle. Doesn't seem to do much damage to, to the armor, but 
the bits that have hit your scaly skin, uh, it starts to burn a little bit, like you've been out in the sun without enough sunscreen. Mm. Which sounds more like acid than poison, but it's poison. With its other hand... I'm, oh, what? Go on. I, I was going to say, Balser's confused by this. <laughs> I can't tell if it's acid or poison. <laughs> yeah, what is it? Uh, he exclaims. <laughs> uh, with its other hand, it tries to slam a fist in the direction of Emric Arvine. Its gross gray hand perhaps slamming at you. 28 to hit. Uh, yeah, that'll, that'll hit. And it does. The rolls take a second to get there. <laughs> uh, I think the first one that came through was a 26. Yes, that would be the physical damage. Does 26 non-magical physical damage and 23 necrotic damage. Woo! Alright. Bits of flesh uh, fall off of the hand as it smacks you. Comic, comically, uh, you know, Emmerich is getting up and goes, don't worry, Claire, we'll take care of this. Turns around and then, BOM! Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, You managed to stay standing uh, because I didn't put anything in that says that you go prone. Cool. All right. The other guy is up. Um, he uses his gigantic Cyclops eye to do a menacing stare. Um, and uh, I'm trying out something new. You guys have choices of what kind of saving throw you want to make. Oh. Um, so these are your choices. You can try a dexterity saving throw. Um and when you see that the, the horrible wave of energy is being emitted from this guy's eye. You need to succeed on a DC 20 dexterity saving throw. Uh, on a failed save, you will take a certain amount of necrotic damage and be knocked prone. Um, on a successful save, you'll take half damage and not be knocked prone. Or you can try to make a DC 25 constitution saving throw. Um, on a successful save, you will take no damage. But on a failed save, you'll take that same amount of damage but get the poisoned status effect. Ooh. So you've got choices. Yes. Okay. But all of you can choose what you want to do, but you can either do a DC 20 dexterity or DC 25 uh, I'm doing dex. You failed. Yeah, 12. Yeah. <laughs> I failed. What did you try? Oh, dex. We all did dex and we, we uh, all failed. I also failed the dex. Impressive. Um, so <laughs> you are going to take 39 necrotic damage and you are all prone. Luckily for you, it is now your turn. It is Emmerich's turn. Snap. Okay. Uh, well, Emmerich is going to stand up. and uh, This guy also moved right here. Oh, man. Be like, mm, this is a, a little worrisome. Uh, and he's going to make a run at the uh, giant to his right. Uh, the the lower one that one. Balasar has already attacked. Yep. So he's going to run successfully. up. He's going to stab it. Uh, like in the knee and then he's gonna use his boots to like fly up um, and and kind of like running slash flying he'll run up the front of the giant remember that he's already prone oh okay well and then run does that mean I get advantage on these attacks nope what because <laughs> he's huge okay. so he's still as tall <laughs> as, as uh, two of you okay so first attack that's a 30 to hit uh, that was rolling around a one there I was really excited okay that will hit <laughs> alright uh, for 15 piercing damage. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, you know what? I'll hit him again as I'm flying uh, up the top of him. I'm like running over him and just kind of stabbing him. I go. Uh, so, another one. Uh, that's another 30 to hit. That will still hit. That's good. Uh, for another 15 piercing damage. Wow. This wow. Is, uh, Very consistent. Reliable. That's good. That's, that's good. Um, I'll go in for. That's a, considered magical, right? 
Uh, yes, it's a it's a magic weapon. Repair okay. silence. Silence. Um, to um, okay. On that last one, I'm I'm gonna make that a menacing attack as I stab it right in the face. Okay. Um, so I can spend a superiority die, which means I always I forget roll. that you're battle master because you like never yep. use it. I every now and then I'll break it out. Um, so I'll roll a d8. So that adds another five piercing damage, and then it's got to make a wisdom saving throw or become frightened of. Okay, how, so how much damage did it do? Uh, it was another five damage. Oh my goodness! On, on top of the uh, fifteen, and then uh, it's got to make a wisdom saving throw. Okay, against being frightened. Against being frightened, yeah. It's immune to being frightened. Well, what? That's bullshit. Uh, <clears throat> I, I take note of that and I go, interesting, very interesting, and I'll attack it one more time with my rapier. Um, that's only a 14 to hit. Only a 14. Ooh, that just misses. Ooh. Uh, you right. also, you get a choice. Having seen the bloody effects that happened to Balasar when he attacked this thing, you can either choose to make a DC 18 constitution saving throw to resist the blood's effect, or, or you can make an intelligence saving throw of the same DC to where, you know, retroactively make your attacks less likely to spray you. Take your pick, Constitution uh, or Intelligence. Sure, you know what? We'll do a we'll do an Intelligence saving throw. Let's see here. Uh, it's a natural one. <laughs> well, we call that a failure. Where I'm I, from, I guess all the wrong spots. Well, you're only gonna take uh, what is that? D twenty doing? Um, you are going to take thirteen poison damage. No. Uh, you're you are not smart enough, unfortunately. Um, and I'll I'll wind up like over here. Okay. Covered in and poisonous blood. The, yeah, not the blood, and that'll uh, that'll end my turn. Okay, Corvid. Corvid is, you know, pretty pretty messed up from his gaze, and he says, "You know what? Time to fall back to the old standby." He drags himself to his feet, whips out the old Eldritch Blast. <laughs> you're going to be at disadvantage for that because uh, you're making a range attack within five feet of an enemy. Um. I guess I'll back up first, then. You'll proc an opportunity attack by doing so. That's fine. All right. He takes his opportunity attack to smash you with his fist. 32 to hit. Yeah, that'll do it. And you will take 17 physical damage and 20 necrotic damage. All right. And remember, because you were prone uh, and you got up, you already used half your movement. Yep, that's fine. I'm only moving five feet back. Um, so that'll do. I got my 26 to hit. That will hit. Four. I think you necessarily kill him. He's only got 10 health. Uh, yeah, that's He dies. <laughs> nice. And then the other, remember, I get four of these things. Mm-hmm. You pop him in the eye and it explodes. So the other ones are going to be a 27, a 30, and a 25 to hit. So I think all those hits. all hit. All right. So the first one does 12 force damage. The other one does... 10 force damage, and the last one does 7. Uh, okay, that's pretty sad. So that's that's 30, or sorry, 20, um, 29 damage. 29 damage. So, so I I rip one off at, at the first guy, get him through the eye, he explodes, and then I go to the other guy and say, this is for Claire, you son of a bitch, and I am just uh, going for his crotch. Mm-hmm. Now I did delete that guy, but... His body is still here, which is an environmental hazard to contend with. (laughs) Difficult terrain. 
Um, yes. Uh, when you shoot him, uh, blood spurts out of him and right onto Claire. Oh, shit. <laughs> and she takes 34 poison damage. Corvin, you're, you're ruining all the, the medicine I did. <laughs> yeah, the, like, seven yeah. points of healing that you gave her or whatever. <laughs> okay, uh, is that it for you? Um, yes. Balasar is up. So the the one that you were attacking has been felled by uh, Emmerich. Uh, and miraculously, no blood spilled all over everybody else in the process. Um, mm. Now standing approximately 10 feet away from you, or not standing, but prone approximately 10 feet away from you is the one remaining Cyclops that you can see right now. Uh, I Do I get anything for using my shield when I spear it to protect myself from blood? Uh, I mean, your AC increases. All right. Uh, well, I spear the shit out of it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to need help with the calculating again. Okay. Just tell me what you roll. Okay. Jesus. So you get 22. Okay. All right. Same thing. After you leap over the arm of the uh, already felled gigantic undead Cyclops and in midair stab at the uh, forward arm of the prone other guy, uh, stabbing deeply into him and causing once again for his body to quiver with radiant energy. And once again, blood spurts out of it. You can choose to make either a constitution saving throw or an intelligence saving throw. I'll go constitution. You just I got a 20. You succeed, so you will take half damage. 12 poison damage. Alright. You remember to turn your head this time. Yeah, so I am just carving him up. Okay. And that is it for my turn. Alright. The hill giant is up. He smashes the ground angrily twice. One at Corvid and one at Balasar. First against Corvid. Bring it. He rolls a natty one. Nice. Uh, he his hand uh, instead of hitting you gets purchased on like it's like a fallen steeple kind of thing and just gets stabbed on it. Um, and he, and uh-huh. he when he yanks his hand, it falls off, covering the the floor in more blood. <laughs> um, it avoids you, but now all ground is uh, difficult to rain. He loses the motivation to attack again. <laughs> However, what you hear sickens you, as from the direction you came from. Another giant. Oh, it's this guy. Anyway, it's the same thing, though. Uh, uh, comes crashing in through the back. He is also ginormous. Oh, shit. <laughs> Smashes in from behind you. You are now surrounded. I need to give him initiative. How do I add him? Just right-click and you can add a turn. Ah, I, I, I got, got it. it. <laughs> Okay. Um, so he will be in the next combat order. Can you change its max health, too? Yeah, same as same as the others. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's a good thing we're not changing any of this and just keeping it rules as written. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is done. Thank you. All right. Emmerich is up. <clears throat> not another one, uh, Emmerich says. Uh, and then he goes, oh, well, I guess just more stuff to kill. Uh, and he's going to fly over... Uh, He's going to fly over to this guy. They fly now? Uh, Emmerich does. They fly now. They fly now. They fly now. Oh, wait. But Emmerich can't get there because there's a wall in the way. That wall got smashed. You're okay. Um, okay. So he'll go around the wall, and he'll uh, he'll, he'll make some attacks on this, uh, this guy. Um, we'll call that flanking. Oh, sweet. Well, 
Then he'll uh, he'll flank that with advantage. Uh, does a twenty-one hit? It sure does. I think their AC um, is like sixteen. It's sixteen. Um, uh, all right, for twelve piercing damage. Okay. Uh, he will attack again. That will hit. Uh, twenty-eight to hit. Okay, and then for nineteen piercing damage. Oh my goodness. Uh, and then he's already prone, right? He is. Uh, but still very tall. Uh, uh, dang it! And I can't menace him. And I think he's too big for me to push him. Um, he's definitely too big. He's, I think, gargantuan. And, uh, yeah. Very huge. Um, okay, I am. Uh, and I'm gonna, in lieu of this attack, I'm gonna, I'm going to d- distract him by like flying around his ear and just kind of like poking at his ear. And then I'm gonna go, uh, uh, Balasar now! And I'm gonna use my bonus action to do, uh, Commander Strike. Uh, Sweet. And have, uh, Balasar can use his reaction to make an attack right now if he wants. Nice. Right, and he gets to add, um, Yeah, I don't really want to, though. You get to add a D8 to the damage roll. Okay, he's only got 21 health left, so um, unless you miss, you will kill him. So just roll the hit. Here I go. 21 to hit. That hits. He dies. Um, now, uh, I forgot that I was supposed to be doing some. So, Emrick, you need to... Um, uh, I'll I, do I, the intelligence I, saving throw again. Uh, I and think it's I figured... Just, yeah, it's supposed to be a disadvantage if you use multi-attack, so it will be a disadvantage. I, I think I got it figured out now. Uh, does a 6 save? It does not. Um, <laughs> it's better so, than my last save. Add, so, um, adding in the new flying mechanic is making it really hard for you to figure this out. So you take... <laughs> Uh, 19 poison damage. Balasar, you won't because it's not your turn. That's not a rule I wrote, but uh, it's what I should have put. So, should be attacks on your turn. Okay, but, but he's dead. Yeah, uh, and that ends my turn. All right, Corvid is up. Well, well, well. Looks like all of your buddies are dead. Time for me to cast Eldritch Blast again. Actually, you know what? This guy, mm, it, it's annoying. All of my interesting spells have constitution saving throws, and I bet these guys are really good at constitution saving throws. What makes you say that? Because they're really big. That's true. You, you know what? I'll, I'm going to try out my new rope of stars, and I'm going to cast magic missile. At fifth level. At fifth level. Roll for damage. Um, so, how many of these do I get? Uh, if it's fifth level, I think it's eight. One more think, dart for each thought level above first. And so I think I first get, is three. Yeah, so if it's a fifth, I'll get seven total. Seven, that's right. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> I like how all you right. rolled them all individually instead of just 74. Well. 74 plus seven. This, that's this a lot more fun. That's, that's true, yeah. Yeah. So what's right, the result? So, so in total, let's see, I've got 5 plus 4 is 9, plus 2 is 11, plus 4 is 15, plus 5 is 20, plus 2 is 22, plus another 5 is 27. Incredible. Uh, they all go right into his butthole. Uh, Corvid's going to take a step back. You're now, you are standing inside of another uh, Cyclops. Yeah, who's, sorry. Whose boxes uh, are the, cy- the Cyclopes? Gotcha. I'm backed up against one of them. You take one point of poison damage. Okay. Corvid's not looking too hot. That between the hundred health loss from filling up that blood bowl and then getting uh, <laughs> smacked around a bit in this fight, it's not great. You're gonna love what the that blood bowl. It's got some funny stuff with it. So, okay, you're gonna love it when I tell you later. Is that it for Corvid? Yeah. All right. 
the Cyclops is up. He does not appear to be missing any limbs, so he can't do the, the Poison Blood Spray, but he will do the Menacing Stare. Wait, did we miss my turn, or am I crazy? No, you're next. Right. This guy rolled high. Uh, you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, right, right. Okay. So he does the menacing stare. So uh, everyone needs to make uh, DC twenty dexterity saving throw or DC twenty five constitution saving throw. And hey, guys, I don't know if you knew this. Uh, I made with, it. With Balasar around you, you're like plus ten to saving throws. Oh, what? Okay. <laughs> what effect Dang is it. that again? Um, heroic aura or something like that. Well, I still failed. Duncan, check your sheet and read that off. I'm, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm looking through a long sheet trying to find it. <laughs> sure. It is called Aura Protection. While you are conscious, you grant all friendly creatures, including you within 30 feet, a, a plus 5 bonus to all saving throws, not plus 10. So that would be everybody gets plus 5 to their saving throws. Yeah, I, it doesn't matter for me. I failed. Yes, you both still failed. Uh, Balasar, what was yours? I got like a 20-something I passed. Okay. So for my dexterity failures... You're going to take 46 necrotic damage and go prone. Nice. Corvid is down. I was a constitution failure. So it's then 46 you take, you and 46, 46 damage, and you are now poisoned, but not prone. Uh, not and then the Bal- poison. Balasar takes 23 necrotic damage. Oh my God, he's, he's, got, he's stacking up status effects here. Um, and then the Cyclop roars, but uh, doesn't do anything else, and that's his turn. Balasar is up. He is surrounded yeah. on all sides by... or. Uh, to his east, a dead cyclops. To his north, a dead cyclops and an unconscious uh, Corvid. Somewhere behind one of the cyclopes is Emmerich, though he's hard to see right now. To his west, an unconscious, uh, though not dying, Claire. To his south, a menacing, still alive, giant undead cyclops. That is the situation look- in which Balasar I'm looking himself. through my, my library of healing spells to try to figure out what I want to do. You always got lay on hands. You've also got your bonus action uh, healing word that you can cast using the ring of healing that you got from Anders the Smith. Yeah, that's what I think I'm going to go with. So I'll start with that, um, and I'll lay down a healing word. Who needs it most right now? Corvid, because he's unconscious. Uh, I hate to spend it on Corvid, but I'll get. I'll throw it at Corvid. <laughs> You hear uh, a week. Uh, that's Thanks, uh, six. Six HP for you. Nice. Bam. That's like half your HP. Um, uh, and then I'm going to uh, causally um, <laughs> plunge my lance uh, into this Cyclops twice. You're going to passively do it? Yes, I, I shout passively, I'm going to kill you with my lance. <laughs> okay. Just uh, give me your toes. Okay. Uh, you hit it right next to its eye, and its eye swells like it's about to burst, uh, but doesn't quite, which is good for you. Uh, but blood still does spray all over you once again. Uh, intelligence or constitution saving throw with its advantage. Uh, let's see. 20. 20 succeeds. So you take 10 poison damage. All right. And Emmerich is up. Uh, Emmerich says, I have not yet begun to fight. Uh, and he'll um, Why use his, his expeditious retreat um, to bonus action dash, and he's going to jet with his boots over. Oh, movement collapse of the wall. He's going to... I'll move you. Right, perfect. Uh, I'm just going to get right behind the Cyclops, and... We call that flanking. Uh, I'm going to attack. Sweet. So I'm poisoned, so that gives me disadvantage, so these are going to come out to normal rolls. 
Uh, so first attack with my rapier is a uh, 14. So I that think that miss. does not hit. Uh, it's like so the first I'll, miss we've had. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little woozy from the poison. Ooh, it's this like, poison. Uh, you know, it's 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 definitely poisonous. Um, and that is a 19 to hit. That'll hit. Uh, for 19 piercing damage. That hurts. Um, and then uh, I'm gonna do it again. Then I'm also gonna do a. Uh, actually, I don't think I can do anything else. Uh, that's a that's a natural 20. That will hit. Uh, critical hit. I'm just gonna do the critical here. Uh, wow. Wow, that's pretty rough. That's a three and a two on the two d8s, and a, a one and a one on the two d4s for sixteen piercing damage. Very for the most God. underwhelming that crit. Is, uh, yeah, that's sad crit. That's that? very yeah. disappointing. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm you really kick him sad. with your boots of flying, and it's not even like like doubling it would have gotten me one more damage because just all the rolls are so low. Um, yeah, and don't get up. <laughs> Your repair tip right. breaks off in this thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, and that uh, that's, that's my turn. Don't you get three attacks per turn? Uh, I did. The first one missed. That's two hits. Oh, that's right. I, yeah. I did nineteen damage, a miss, and then uh, my yeah, my normal hit did more damage than my crit. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, yeah. Give me uh, intelligence or Constitution saving throw at disadvantage. <sighs> okay. I'll listen. I'm going to do Constitution. Uh, saving throw at disadvantage. 16. That fails. Oh. You take 16 poison damage. Oh. Uh, give me a perception check. Just you. Awesome. And because uh, I'm wearing my new robe, I get advantage. Oh, but I'm poisoned, though. So it cancels <laughs> out to a normal roll. Um, That's pretty good. Natural 20 for a 19. <laughs> for a 19. Uh, you look around briefly. You do not see any other living cyclopes Do I see any, you. any more uh, giant undead cyclopes? Uh, yeah, correction. You do not see any moving <laughs> cyclopes apart from the one that you're attacking. You okay. see quite a large pile of them to the northeast uh, where Claire seems to have been fighting them earlier. But um, Okay, I'll, I'll call out to my comrades. I, I think this is it. Corvid is up. Corvid is going to stumble to his feet. And then hit this guy with synaptic static. Uh-oh. Oh, isn't that like a seventh level spell or something? Oh, my Jesus. <laughs> Four <laughs> ones! Some, 22. Wow, that's that pretty is weird. the worst. Look how many ones there are. Four ones. <laughs> Literally half of the dice are ones. That's awesome. Uh, right, oh, well. and he gets to make an intelligence saving throw, huh? Yeah. I assume he's going to Which he'll pass. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's minus two, so it's unlikely. He's gonna pass. No, he fails. <laughs> okay. So, so he took a pretty disappointing amount of psychic damage, but <laughs> um, now he has muddled thoughts for one minute. So, uh, go ahead and just roll a d6. Okay. Or, or I can roll a d6. Um, I rolled it. Okay. What'd you get? Two. two. All right. So he's minus two to um all attack rolls and ability checks. Okay. For the next minute. He can make an intelligence saving throw at the end of every turn to remove that effect. Okay. Fucking 22 damage. My That's God. epic. Yeah. <laughs> you, probably, you should have killed him with that. He's only got 18 HP left. Ugh. Uh, well, the, is that your turn? Is that it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. 
Well, he's very mad about becoming even stupider because he didn't really have that much int to lose. So he's gonna use his first attack to smash you at minus two to hit now, you say? Yeah. Ooh, 15, he probably missed. He did miss. Well, he gets he gets even angrier and does it again. Uh, 17. That's, that's so nice. So 15. Oh, good, miss again. So he misses twice. Uh, and the, the fists comically don't hit Claire either, which is lucky for everybody involved. <laughs> uh, he shouts, and it stinks really bad, but that's it. That completes his turn. Balasar is up. Uh, Balasar is going to kill this guy. Yes. Um, so, backing up so he doesn't get sprayed, he You proc an throws, opportunity attack. Uh, uh, sta- oh, uh, standing right there, not moving. Okay. He kills him with his lance. Okay, roll the hit. Just, I think by by like just additives alone, he's gonna, he's just gonna kill him. He will. You just need to roll the hit first with advantage. Twenty three flanking. Okay, yeah, you kill him, uh, and then he explodes in a, a pile of blood. Give me a Constitution or a Dexterity saving throw, or sorry, Constitution or Intelligence. Constitution. Twenty five. You pass, taking eleven points of poison damage. The Cyclops goes and uh, collapses uh, slightly as he was already prone down onto the ground. Uh, you're now mm. surrounded on three sides by the corpses of these uh, cyclopes, but the danger seems to have passed for now. Okay, so what's going on? I I, uh, I walk over to Claire. Okay. Um, and put my hands on her. Okay. Is she conscious? She's unconscious, though she does. She's not dying. She just uh, she's so exhausted, and um, she appears to be so exhausted and uh, bedraggled uh, from having apparently fought... She's been fighting these guys ever since she's been here uh, without her holy symbol. So she's very tired. And her arm is broken. And she's bleeding all over the place. So I want to pump enough lay on hands points to stabilize her. Like, fix the arm and stop the bleeding. Okay. And... We'll call that 40. Okay. So I pump 40 into her. Okay. She stirs a little bit. Um... And looks up and he goes, ah! And I say, ah. She looks to um, the side and, and she sees that Corvid, almost dead, is standing there. And Emmerich, huffing and puffing from being poisoned, uh, is hovering nearby as well. Hey, and she Claire. Ah, oh, thank you. You found me. Yeah, what? Well, I say, while, why don't we huh? rest for a short while while you tell us your tale? <laughs> uh, and, and she says, I think that is a good place to call it for tonight. Corvid says, <laughs> and then coughs up a bunch of blood. Uh-huh. Okay, so we'll co- says, "Good, I'll level up then." <laughs> um, so we'll we'll call it there. That was Witch Hunt Part One. Um, so you completed Witch Hunt Part One, Farbo Farms Part Two, Downtime Eight. Yeah, so so that was Downtime Five. <laughs> Uh, Witch Hunt Part (laughs) 1, in which you completed Act 1, Knowledge is Power, Act 2, Power is Power, and I ate Session 6 of Villain Session 9. And Act 3, Dragons and Dungeons. Just Uh, Can I just say how, I don't know why it's as funny as it is to me, but Power is Power (laughs) just really makes me laugh. I don't think that was original. I'm sure someone said it before. Yeah. Uh, uh, So... Uh, just a little sneak peek. Uh, act four: a grim, a grimoire film noir. Um, <laughs> okay. 
Act five showdown. Act six consequences uh, are are what come next. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to consequences. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see what those are. But that was the end of of part one of Witch Hunt. Okay. Congratulations right. on surviving the whole thing. I like it. This was fun. Yeah, yeah. though that was a blast. Thank you for doing this. Uh, now I just need I'm, to actually complete the rest. I'm glad I got introduced <laughs> to Balasar finally. I've heard well, so yeah, much just, about him. Just yeah. wait until you actually have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wait he's until you street. need to do some actual problem solving with him. It'll it'll only get better <laughs> from there. He he's like Claire on steroids. Like <laughs> he's like Claire if Claire wouldn't compromise as much <laughs> <laughs> and had a clearer sense of direction. That's a, that's a great way of putting it. Um. I, I should have I should have narrated this earlier, but he has a uh, etched into the front of his armor is a scale, and on either side of the scale is uh, th- there's a severed head, each one <clears throat> missing an eye. <laughs> nice, <laughs> that's great. That's um, not ominous at all. <laughs> no, no, no. He's a good guy. Um, he's a bringer of justice. But yeah, so the idea with Balasar was that. Um, if you hadn't immediately charmed or thralled the guard uh, at the gate, he would have told you that the city was on edge against non-humans because some dragonborn motherfucker came rampaging through here a couple days ago <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, on, on some righteous quest that only he would uh, have any knowledge about. Yeah. Um, so in the like in in the campaign that I played Balasar, I really didn't understand how to play D anD D properly, um, and so. What I would do was, um, like, I was a lawful good paladin, and um, whenever I felt like a an NPC was stonewalling me, I would, like, either attempt to overpower them to get what I wanted, or <laughs> I would threaten them to get what I wanted, or I would just leave. I would just walk away from them, like, a, oh, you're not helping me. And then I... And, and so we just... And since I was kind of the party leader, we just blasted through everything like that. Like, people would say, well, I need you yeah. to do that. I was like, fuck Bulldozing. you, I'm moving on. Bulldozing <laughs> yeah. through everything. <laughs> uh, and, and to my, you know, to your credit, I don't know that I was necessarily doing a good job of trying to, like, coach you to, to do something better. Um, so, fault all around. But yeah, that's, so, uh, my impression post-facto, not that, you know, Duncan would necessarily play everything that way now, is that Balasar is just, he's a bulldozer. Um, and so, you Bals- know, Balasar is a bulldozer. Yeah. And so, you know, much like, uh, you know, Corvid is kind of a bulldozer now as well because he knows he's very powerful. Um, you know, like, but the Balasar way- was doing that when he was not powerful. Right. <laughs> um, and there were people that could have fucked him up. Now, Archmage Alonius would have been a problem if you had uh, tried to fuck with him, but, um, but like, like the way that, you know, you kind of, kind of, quickly try to deal with things that's balasar and so elonis is like oh not this again yeah <laughs> um like they i'm they're about to get a you know a bit of a price hike for uh for the way they yeah. conduct themselves now the other thing and i mean that that the, what i just described was me just you know being new to the game and not really knowing how to maneuver the part that was the character was in me like making quick snap judgments about exactly what was right or wrong and then just charging in that direction Fully committing, uh, right? Like, it's, oh, well, oh, you're obviously evil then, and I'm gonna fucking kill you, and the, yeah, like that's it. So yeah, he's a it's a good character, and I miss him. <laughs> yeah, he's something else. Uh, definitely a fan favorite. Okay, so that is it. Like I said, for part one, uh, unless there's any objections, I'll run part two next week. 
Sounds no, good. I'm, I'm down. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see where this goes. Well, and like I said, I hadn't really. I know what's going to happen generally in part two, but I hadn't really written it out because there were. I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll tell you what some of the other things that could have happened were. So, uh, you actually didn't even finish the conversation with the great sage Mindus, uh, who is the guy pondering his orb. You could have gotten <laughs> a little more out of him. But uh, so you could either go through the church to get the knowledge, or you could go out the gate and talk to um, like an old hermit who is related to the witch, um, who you know wants you to help her, and he would have you know you would have had to make a deal with him of some kind in order to get. Uh, the travel rune. Uh, the other way you could get the knowledge is if you paid the intern that was sitting at the front desk of the Archmage Academy or whatever it's called. <laughs> uh, you could have paid him an exorbitant fee and he would have done it. Then the three ways to get to the uh, witch's domain are you go through the church, you pay for the Archmage to do it. Basically everything at the Academy just costs money instead of other compromises. Um, or uh, the hermit outside the gate would have told you of a druid circle that could get you there um the uh uh the orb ponderer would have told you those things as well about uh the power to get there but uh he didn't get that far because you guys left so because you make different deals and interact with different people and that affects what you do in the witch's domain i didn't really want to write all of that out if i could just say well i'll just wait until i see what you do and then just write out what happens after that yeah, it makes sense for something that we're only doing one time because it doesn't yeah. have to have replayability. Right. But th- those are your options. Uh, so what I was really looking forward to, because uh, I was hoping that the price of transporting you here would be so expensive that you would just take the oath uh, because I really wanted I really wanted Corvid to have to deal with never being able to lie. Uh, or or not, <laughs> not, not that you wouldn't be able to, but that there would be a, like a physical price associated with it and you'd keep taking damage. You're just giving Corvid Tourette's. <laughs> uh, I, I thought that would have been very funny, but it's, it is totally okay that we're not doing that because uh, there's still a lot of fun things in store. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, cool. I really so enjoyed this. This is good. Tune in, tune in next week for Downtime 6, uh, Witch Hunt Part 2. In the third dimension. In, in the third, third dimension. dimension. Uh, for, and remember, we're starting with Act 4, a grimoire film noir. <laughs> <laughs>